0: Oh, yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Oh, my goodness, there's so much that's about to happen. You know the drill. The train has left the station. The roller coaster cannot go backwards. It must go forward. I'm excited. This is going to be a fun episode, and I'm standing up on a crazy yoga board, trying to balance myself while having this interview, and I can't wait to show you who I'm talking to. He is amazing. Let me tell you a little more about him. He is a team-focused leader, an entrepreneur, super innovative, customer-focused, results-driven marketing executive, and he's got experience in startups automation growth board chair at cascadia technical academy fractional chief marketing officer to the stars to many growing companies like the canine resorts luxury pet hotel dave blanchard welcome to the show hey good to be here oh man i almost lost myself in the introduction there's so much going on you're a busy guy yeah exactly so i'm gonna pass you this thing it's heavy but i know you got this so here we go okay here you go. You want to grab that okay. Thor's hammer? Yeah. All right. There we go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Take for me Thor's hammer and smash some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all.
1: Yeah. So, so this one I hear a lot, which is marketing is too expensive. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, sometimes you hear it, sometimes you don't hear it, but you, but the silence is what you hear, which is, businesses aren't doing marketing because they don't, they think it's too expensive. It's not for them. Um, And there is some truth to this. You can waste a ton of money on marketing. There's one of my real pet peeves is, you know, there are a lot of us out there in the marketing industry that are willing to help, uh, you know, help businesses, but a lot of, a lot of some of them take their money and don't help much. And so they get a nice pretty website and it doesn't generate any business for them. Um, Or, uh, you know, I recently was talking to—I actually ha- had a client at one point, um, and talking to somebody else who had the same problem recently, where their their agency was running Google Ads for them, and they weren't making any money off of them, and they're spending twelve eighteen thousand dollars a month and not getting a ret- month a month. And That's Nothing the- was happening. Nothing. They were getting no. We're, we're getting any sales and. With that one with one of my clients, they actually didn't know they weren't getting any sales from it because the the agency was kind of tracking here's how many leads we're generating, but those leads weren't turning into sales. And and when we I recognized that, we're like, well, we've got to turn this around. So so there is truth, you can waste money on marketing. However, uh the uh, the, the the real travesty is that companies um limit their growth because they shy away from investing in marketing. And I say investing because um, the truth is that marketing done right is an investment with a high multiple return. Mm. Um, so, yeah.
0: So, done right, it's an investment. Did you say with a measurable return? With a high, high multiple return. High multiple return. So where does this come from? Why do people think it's too expensive?
1: Well, it is. It does. There is a cost, and it's Mm. it's and it is expensive uh, in the sense that um, you know what you're really trying to do in marketing uh, is getting get somebody's attention. And you think about what are all the things that are trying to get our attention these days. I mean, it's like the number. It's endless, and and it's there's more and more noise all the time, and people are creating all kinds of content and you know things to get our attention, and there's 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 you know, there's TikTok and there's YouTube and there's all kind, you know, stuff online, there's stuff yeah. offline. I mean, there's there our lives are c- c- calling for our attention, our businesses are calling for our attention. So in order for get somebody's get somebody's attention, you got you gotta pay something for that. You gotta give something for that. So it it's not, you know, what we're trying to do here is not is not cheap. Um but the uh but the other reason why people say that is so, so they look at the expense and they're like, well, I can't afford to do that. But, but they're looking at it with a mindset of a cost and not the mindset of an investment. So, you know, the difference is if, you know, if I say, uh, a, for a person with a cost mindset, I say, I'll give you, if you give me a dollar, I'll give you two. He says, I don't have a dollar. The, the person with, with right. an investment mindset, you say, I'll, if you give me a dollar, I'll give you two. He says, I got all the dollars you want. <laughs> Forever, if you can give me two back for. Right. For right. If you can actually
0: show that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's, the, that, that's really the difference. It, it, it's, a, it's an important mind shift to, to make um, rather than looking at it as a cost. Um, and like an accountant would, really, marketing is really one of the few things on the on the income mm-hmm. statement that is is actually an investment that has a return. In and in Right. I think so many people put it in the
0: cost center because they're not expecting it or holding it accountable to a yeah, return. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. we're saying, no, 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 it's definitely not a cost center. It, and you sh- you should expect an ROI. And if that ROI is zero, it isn't working. It isn't working
1: and you should be managing it. So you're getting a yeah. positive return on it. And that should be the, the goal from the outset of, of, of uh, is, is setting things up so that you get a positive yeah. return. So, and I can talk a little bit more about how do you do that? Yeah. I was just going to say like, well, how do we do this? So people are listening saying, okay,
0: well, that sounds, that sounds great. How do I transition into, out of being a cost center, into being an investment center?
1: Yeah. So I've got a few tips here that I'll, I'll share it. You know, this, this this isn't Uh, this won't answer all the questions, but it'll get people kind of started in the right direction. Um, First, I'd say strategy first. Um, You know, a lot of people have read The Art of War by Sun Tzu. It was written 2,500 years ago. He was a Chinese military strategist. And he said this quote I love. It says, strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Wow. Okay. Strategy without tactics is the slowest route. And then what was the other one? Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of businesses just, they do marketing tactics They oh, Let's try Facebook. Let's try a webinar. Let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Direct mail. Oh, that doesn't work. They try stuff. It's tactics. There's no strategy behind it. And it's the noise before defeat. They, the, the money goes out, they don't get anything back. It's too, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. They end up back in that mindset. Um, obviously you need tactics and that's the other part of the quote is strategy, you know, strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. You need to have tactics, but, but strategy. And the, the other way I like to think about it is um, the difference between a light bulb and a laser, so you can put, you know, a hundred watt laser, you can have a hundred watt light bulb, the light bulb will sends light off in all different directions. It's a good thing. Lights up a room, a laser will cut steel. <laughs> so, because when, why, what's the difference? Well, the light is all pointed in the same direction. It's all coordinated. It's cohesive. Mm. And by focusing all that light uh, in one direction, you can actually move, you know, you, you move things with it and make a difference. So, so that's, to me, the, the, kind of the, diff, the, the, um, the difference that strategy makes. But what strategy? That's one of those words that gets thrown around a lot. It's like, well, what does that mean? Um, right. So we could probably do a whole podcast on what strategy, but just kind of quickly, the, probably one of the most important things is to choose one wildly important marketing goal. So one thing. That becomes marketing singular focus. It's usually a two-year goal at least you want to think at think far out what is what is um, what do we want to accomplish what do we want marketing to accomplish for the organization over the next 2 years and i think okay. an example of that was um, you know for canine luxury pet pet hotels um, uh, our 2 year goal was to reduce the break even time for a new resort their franchise and and if you think of a franchise business you're selling a business well if you can make that business and this is a million dollar investment, at least. Yeah, you can make that investment return start to pay back sooner. What's the value of that investment? It goes up, right? So, so well, the the point of marketing was to reduce that break even time, and we 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 we've now got it to where they're cash flowing within a month or two, um, positive cash flow within a month or two. In fact, we just had an opening um, last week, and they've 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 gotten, you know. About thirty or forty thousand dollars in the door before they even open their doors. So, um, that's the that's an example of a wildly important marketing goal, and you can see how that kind of laser focuses everything that you're doing in marketing. Um, second thing is define your customer. So um, you really need to know what motivates them. How do they make a choice? Why do they choose you? Um, and this is where some research is 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 important. Um, to really gain some insight into what's triggering them to start looking for a product or services service like yours, how do you stack up with the competition in their mind? What are the steps to a sale? what are they what are they evaluating? Why did they make the decision? What does success look like? So th- some of those questions are are important insights to gain um, from your customer because that's what they want you to talk to them about. They don't want you to talk about features or who we are or why we're great. They want you to talk about their problem and, you know, help them, uh you know, choose you versus other, other, um, other alternatives. So that insight is really critical. And then following on the heels of that is knowing what makes you unique in the mind of the customer, not what you think makes you unique, but what makes you unique in the mind of the customer. And, um, and uh they will tell you if you ask why they why they purchased you why they chose your product or service and uh and and then that's really a key cornerstone of building your your marketing communications around that and a lot of businesses are not really well differentiated oh i've got great customer service oh i you know what does that mean what does great customer service really mean um uh or you know what you don't want to be is a low price competitor (laughs) unless you're Walmart, because that's a race to the bottom. And unless you have amazing scale, it's, it's, it's a game you can't really win. So you need to find the thing that's gonna, that stands out about you and uh, that, that that's gonna make your customer uh, choose you. Um, another part of strategy is deciding how does sales and marketing fit together? Um, you know, how does sale, how does marketing fuel the sales operation or the sales motion? Um. So those are just a, a couple of key points about strategy and, and and getting clarity on some of those questions is really gonna help make those, mm-hmm. make the, um, the marketing tactics more effective. Then you need to agree on success metrics. Um, what do you measure? How do you measure it? What's a, Create a scorecard for tracking everything weekly so you can make sure that things are on, are on track. This is um, really important um, in dealing with marketing agencies um, because, um, in fact, you and I were talking the other day about an uh, 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 accountant. I was just recently talking with that she's got a client who's, uh, you know, who's telling the client, "Hey, the phone's not ringing," or telling their agency, "The phone's not ringing." The agency's, "Well, w- we've got these Google ads running, and it tells us that you know the, the dashboard tells us that we're sending, you know, we're it's working." And they're like, "Well, it's not working. I don't get any phone calls." And so you need to you need it's it's really important working with an agency to figure out well how are we going to measure success what is the success of this at campaign is it is it phone calls and then what what leads to the phone calls how do we get there how do we measure it so that we're all on the same page so we can agree that this is working or it's not and we can go after it if it's not. Um, and then creating accountability for deliverables, timelines, budgets, and results, and then check, checking progress weekly, and then being transparent. You need we need to set expectations as leaders with either internal or external resources. Give generous praise for good performance. Where it's necessary, have those hard conversations, and and if you have to, make a change. So, those are some uh, those are some things that will help. Uh, turn in uh, marketing from a cost center to uh, uh, an investment with a high return.
0: Mm. Love that, love that. Have you written a book?
1: No, you I haven't. need a book.
0: You Maybe need to write should. it. <laughs> it needs to be written.
1: Yeah, I should do that.
0: So, question for you then: you you have clearly aggregated experience and knowledge. Are there any books you've read lately that you recommend?
1: Yeah, the I, I there are some that I are on my uh, recent reading list. Um, they're not all marketing related, but um, a lot of them are business related. Some of them are, are more citizenship related. But um, w- one of them that I really like was is called "Change Your Questions, Change Your Life" by Marilee Adams, and it's all about it kind of if I were to boil it down, we go through life. We're, we're, our mind is in one of two states: it's either in a critical state or it's in a creative state. We're either judging criticizing, or we're coming up with new ideas, solutions, things mm-hmm. like that. And so she offers some really practical tools for getting, for recognizing when you're in that critical state and then shifting yourself back into the creative state. And uh, it, it could be a real j- game changer. Um, call Your Questions, Change Your Life is, pr- it's a pretty ambitious yeah. title, but it's really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. Love that. What about um, the future.
0: Well, are there some things in the future that you're excited about? Maybe in the, in the changes that are happening in marketing or in the world.
1: Yeah, you know, I I'm really excited about the new ways that we have learned to work. I I mm-hmm. think uh, if it, you know, and, and COVID really kind of accelerated that. I one of the agencies I work with, um, you know, they stopped coming into the office for COVID, and they're not going back. They're they've just decided work from home, and uh, you know people are starting to realize that it's it's more productive you're not commuting two hours a day and spending time away from your family in the car you're not putting pollutants in the atmosphere i mean it's just kind of better all around so obviously it doesn't apply to every job but um there's a lot more flexibility in how we can work and uh and i think that lends itself to um finding work where you can stay in your creative genius um and um Achieve a lot more satisfaction. Um, So I I see, you know, work in the future being more like a a movie production company than a big corporate structure kind of thing. Um, If you look at a, you know, if you ever looked at the credits of a movie, there's like 300 people listed. (laughs) It's like, and these are people that sort of come together for a project and they disperse the wherever to another project and they're constantly coming and going. So I think that's that's the new way of work, and I think it's 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 more humane. It's more attuned to who we are as people in a way it's kind of back to the future we used to you know we used to be in our log cabins making chairs for each other you know and right and uh and, and so now we can have to kind of go back to that craftsman kind of model which wow. is i think is exciting
0: you know the idea of it being a movie production company is fascinating especially as we think about podcasts yeah and other and other content type productions i mean red bull are they a TV channel? Are they an entertainment company? Or do they sell a drink? Like, the,
1: uh, yes. yes, is the answer. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I I uh, recently went to a webinar from a company that basically has set up an internal um, media company in order to create content for themselves. And they've organized it. They've got journalists. I mean, they don't call, necessarily call them this, but they've got people that are on different. They're doing uh, focusing on different things like you would in a newspaper. And this is actually... Not new, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a train buff. And, and back in the late 1800s, the, the railroads, Southern Pacific Railroad created a magazine called Sunset Magazine. You may have heard of Sunset Magazine, but what it was originally was an idea for promoting lifestyles, the lifestyle of the, the Western lifestyle and having people get on a train and either visit or move West. And that, so they they actually created a magazine to promote the trains. It became a magazine, literally became a magazine, and and uh, I think it was recently sold um, when magazines kind of started being not not a great thing to be in. But um, but yeah, it lasted for hundreds of years. So it's not a new concept, but um, but it's 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 really taken off recently with all the different ways that we can publish ourselves now.
0: Jeez, it, it it's bringing expression to the company the corporate face isn't the you know an anonymous icon or an egg on twitter it's a real person and the idea of the evangelist and production it, I, I like where it's going
1: yeah and you gotta have a, a real connection like you say with people you know? yeah and uh, i think that's really where i think we're all looking for authentic relationships um you know we've had enough of that <laughs> anonymous <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly. I'm all about the Paul's connection promises. for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah, even above content. Um, well, my next question really about the connection about the person is you, who are you? Can you take me back in time? Little you days. Did you always know you're going to be CMO to the stars an executive, that kind of thing. Take it back. Like little Dave.
1: Yeah. Growing up. I, um, well, I always had kind of an interest in business. Um, and, um, I guess I can you know, to be honest, I had an interest in money. I thought money is a really cool thing. If you get money, you can buy stuff that you want. And so, um, you know, as well, how do you make money? Well, money business is how you make money. And so, you know, back when I had my little piggy bank, you know, and I would put my dollars in there and I'd mow the lawn and get some more dollars and uh, the neighbors or whatever, um, you know, that was always kind of an interesting, intriguing thing to me. So, so I kind of had this early idea of I wanted wanted to be in business. Um, I um, I had a couple of you know early jobs which were not the kind of thing I wanted to do. I was a I worked in a warehouse. It was the most boring thing I've ever done. Oh, <laughs> so uh, putting price tags on clothes and um, you know so you get this big stack in and you put a price. It's you know, just assembly line stuff. And um, so I learned early that wasn't really what I wanted to do. But I really wanted to work more with my mind. Um, and, um, fast forward to, um, you know, it comes time to graduate from, from college. And I'm, I'm talking to a recruiter from, uh, Hewlett Packard. And, uh, I was saying, you know, I was interested in business. I'm interested in engineering. I have a degree in engineering. And he's like, well, have you ever considered marketing? And I'm like, what's marketing? And so he explained it. And I thought, well, I'll give that a try for a summer and see what it's like. And it turned out that it's, marketing is a really good place in an organization to get a good, good broad view of the business because marketing kind of touches all the different, touches production and development and finance. And so um, that's, that's how I got my start. And then I, I was with HP for 26 years. in hey, those 26 years. Yeah. That was my first career. And it was a really great place i mean it really had an iconic environment for that for high high trust of employees and and excellence um you know you didn't last long in hp if you didn't do things with a with a certain level of excellence and um yeah. so so i learned a lot sort of breathing the air there and then um came time when i wanted to kind of go out on my own i still i had that entrepreneur itch all along totally. and uh, it's like time to scratch that and i we were doing a, uh, I was involved in a project. We were looking at how we could use software to help small businesses with their marketing. And uh, I did some research, talked to uh, about a hundred small business owners about their marketing challenges and and came away with the realization that one, marketing is kind of challenging for hard small businesses because they don't, they didn't get into business cause they like marketing. They get into business cause they like making pies or, yeah. pies or whatever. And then there's this, then they realize, oh, if I just open my my doors, they don't just show up. I have to do some marketing, and they didn't really understand it very well. And um, and so uh, and then technology was changing the way that marketing was done radically. I mean, you used to be able to take out a yellow page ad. Remember yellow pages? I remember those. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you you could get the phone to ring. Well, that doesn't work anymore. So there's all this technology. You have to learn to do it. I have a technology background. I thought, well, I could help. So. So I helped, you know, the next ten years or so. I helped over three hundred small businesses automate their marketing. Jeez. And uh, and then uh, in the course of doing that, I I I I came across across an opportunity to uh, be the first marketing uh, person in a startup company that was revolutionizing how we heat and cool buildings much more efficiently. And so I did all their initial website and their. Uh, their uh, sales collateral and put together a trade show that worked really well and really successfully. And I was doing it on a part-time basis, which gave me the flexibility to do what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And uh, so I liked that model. And so I decided to pursue being a fractional chief marketing officer. And that's brings me up to today. Man. And so
0: tell me about the companies you work with today. Who would be the ideal client for you? Someone listening to the show right now?
1: Um, Yeah. What's a good fellow? There, a good fit for me is a business that's between five and fifty million in revenue and has some real uh, ambitious growth goals. Um, the reason I say five to fifty is because up to five, you're kind of sorting out what are our products, who are our customers, that kind of thing. Um, once you've got sort of that sort of built, then it's time to take that all to the next level and really optimize and scale it. Yeah. Over fifty, you can you can afford. A full-time person in my in in my position, and uh, so by offering marketing leadership and managing the marketing function at a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, mm-hmm. I can make that expertise available for a company that's not not really big enough. So it's, it fills that that gap um, that, that that a lot of companies have, and um, so they're either looking to scale, or pivot, or perhaps exit the business. And those are, those are inflection points that really Mm -hmm. require some marketing strategy. If, if, you know, if you're on cruise control and things are great and you don't want to grow a whole lot, you really don't need a lot of marketing strategy. Um, But if you're really, you know, wanting to grow or expand or change direction, then that's when you really need to, you know, put in place some of those things I was talking about earlier.
0: Such a needed thing. I mean, what a breakthrough the idea of a fractional CMO for those companies that can't afford that expertise. And you had the benefit to the marketing manager listening. You're the sole marketer at a company and you've been asked to do tactics and strategy and win the war and all these things. Um, it actually just really isn't fair to expect all of those things from you. So to be able to bring in, you know, CMO like yourself to match with, you know, really hardworking marketing managers, it's just like a brilliant combo or combo. Yeah.
1: Yeah and uh yeah it re- it re- relieves a lot of the burden from the business owner you know who who they maybe maybe they don't they don't have a marketing manager or maybe they have a a marketing manager who's doing a lot of tactics um but uh and so you know somebody like me can come in and really put, put the strategy behind it and yeah put the, the rocket fuel to it yeah
0: yeah rocket fuel it's a perfect way of describing it um well One quick question for you. It's a bit of a hypothetical because, see, I may or may not have a time machine here in Nashville, New Hampshire. And let's say you come visit, right? We get some beers some lobster. You get a chance to use this time machine, but it's a particular kind of time machine. And you go back in time you get to see yourself a few days after that undergrad graduation. You get to talk to yourself. What kind of things would you say? Would you give yourself recommendations, advice? What would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I, I would say start the entrepreneur journey, journey sooner. Mm. Uh, I you know I spent 26 years in a corporate environment. It was you know good in a lot of ways, um, but then you know I was sort of mid to late career when I had to learn the entrepreneur thing, and I I, th- I think it would have been uh, I I think I would have gotten a lot farther if I'd started sooner. So yeah, I might not have uh, you know stayed in that uh environment as long as i did if you know not kind of knowing what i knew what i knew now not that it was bad but but i think i could have gotten you know um to a better place sooner if mm-hmm. i started sooner
0: oh for sure And hey, i guess the next question to that is would you listen to yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's a good that's a really good question i <laughs> yeah. uh I do like stability and that's one of the things that the corporate culture gives you is stability and, yeah. um, and, and, and maybe life worked out like it should have, because I, you know, fortunately I, I, when I, I was able to, you know, put some resources aside that could sustain me as I launched my entrepreneurial journey, which wouldn't have been there if I'd just been fresh out of school, but right. So, um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'd have to kick myself in the butt a little bit. EBD, right? To be just yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, figuring out how to talk to yourself. That's probably the real challenge right there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen up guy.
1: <laughs> so I mean, enjoy the future. Well, I mean, if I can borrow your time machine, then I can you know, show them around and see what they Yeah. Are. Check this out. Well, there's only seat for uh, one and I, I'm driving little, the pedals
0: at the top and then you're in the passenger seat and <laughs> yeah. So he you can only just describe it to him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so good, man. Well, you know, hey, tell me, we were talking a little bit about some of the things you do on the side just for for fun. We'd uh, talk a little bit about strategy and theater, but theater is still a real big part of your life right now.
1: Um or no, theater, not so much. It's uh not I, so much. I, you know I've Were you I've just felt... in a musical? Well, oh we we've tried to
0: have this podcast for a while, but did weren't yeah. you you it's been a while.
1: It's been a while. I was in uh, the community theater. I was, we did Guys and Dolls um, and it was a lot of fun. And I was the lead. like um, uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I haven't done it recently though.
0: Maybe this is the universe telling you.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's it. Back I need it. to write a book and I need to go,
0: go to get involved in theater. Again. Write a play while you're at it. There we go. That's it. Well, um, Dave, where can people get in touch with you? They're interested in just connecting professionally or they're looking for a fractional CMO. What's the best way to reach out?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just look up Dave Blanchard. Um, uh, and uh, I, or you can email me at daveyourcmo.com, at Y O R C M O.com. And um, that's a great way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, we'll. Put- by the way, if you just, if people have yeah, questions ahead. about marketing, I am happy to to um, share my experience on a on a call and oh great um, help people sort things out. So um, oh, that's
0: fantastic. I'm sure there's a bunch of people would love to take you up on that. Yeah, we're all constantly learning here. So I mean, it's just a you know, one step closer to that, that next step where we get that ROI. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here, uh, man. Quoting Sun Tzu. You know, dropping some knowledge here about how you can waste money and and to to shift it from that cost center to an investment center. Um, this has been brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on here.
1: Well, I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And for those listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you have because I literally have two pages of notes over here front and back, then share this episode with someone else. One person, nine people, 3,000 people. That's thought leadership, getting good information into other people's hands. Uh, Do that and share this knowledge with everyone else. And if someone is struggling in their marketing strategy, now you know who to point them to. So anyhow, Dave, thanks again for being on here. Thank you. All right, everyone, this has been another exciting episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.